was Bo, Brett, or even Barry. There was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. It sure is a special edition of the Pat Richter Show on a Monday following your holiday weekend. How you doing, everybody? Alex Grove hanging out with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios downtown on the Capitol Square alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Pat, hope you had a great holiday weekend, my friend. Thanks for hopping on with me today. Yeah, we had a great holiday and a good time. And I'm not sure I can hang on to the phone, though. I just took off a lot of the... Christmas lights out on the outside because <laughs> I was afraid I was going to get caught in that big snowstorm up right there predicting for tomorrow. But I figured I mean, this might be the last day to try to get them off. But if I hear a clunk clunk as soon as I drop the phone <laughs> because I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> well, uh, I've got to give you credit, Pat. You're already taking Christmas lights down on December 27th. That's impressive. Uh, you're, you're ahead it's, of the curve. Weather related. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, I, I've got something, as, as we've got a ton to get into, Pat. Obviously, the Badgers getting ready for the Las Vegas Bowl on Thursday. The Packers win again over the weekend on Christmas Day. But I just got back to the office, and I needed to get a ride, Pat, because I locked my keys in my car. I've never done that before. Have, have you? And I know, you know, long time you worked at Oscar Mayer. Did the keys ever get locked in the Wienermobile? You got any stories about locking keys in vehicles? No, I don't. I just, uh, that, that one has escaped me. It's been close a couple of times. I've kind of wondered, <laughs> do I have them or whatever? Now with everything, that, you know, there's everything beeping, but you're not sure if it's your phone beeping or whether it's a car beeping or whatever. And so if you forget the wrong one, then you're going to be in trouble. But that that would be, at least at least it wasn't running, was it? No, it's not running. It's off, luckily. But uh, I drive a 2007 Saturn Ion, so, I mean, it doesn't have all those security measures so maybe i need to head over to our our friends over at simden chevy you can always have a better you buying experience it. there get but. one of those things that uh, jim's got he's probably out plowing today yeah probably <laughs> you're right with that big truck is that's why uh he's out i'm alex strofe in for jim rutledge alongside former wisconsin athletic director pat richter we'll get away from locking keys and vehicles and we'll jump over to the national football league as the packers got a win on christmas day pat um, certainly a, an interesting one. They just sneak it out past the Cleveland Browns, 24-22, to the final on Saturday. Green Bay still atop the NFC, but I don't know how confident you can be in them after that one. Where are you at, Pat? Well, I, I have to agree with you a little bit, but, uh, you know, just you find a way to win is, is part of the equation as well, and that's uh, something that you just never know what's going to happen. And uh, Obviously, the turnovers, I think, are good. Uh, for the longest time, we had these defensive backs that couldn't catch the ball. Now we got them to catch the ball, except for one time on Sunday, but Saturday. But uh, you know that it's a confidence builder. I think that there's there's a certain amount of almost gamesmanship, and and when you get down to this point, because they've won so many games, close games, and there's a, there's an art to that. And it's uh, you know we didn't win it against the Vikings, but. Uh, they're going to be tough, tough again, and and so it's, it's it's part of the equation. I think that it's like, you know, you've got you've got a lot of people in here, a lot of second, third team guys, and we uh, COVID and everything else, and just find a way to win. I mean, I think that there's a natural tendency sometimes on Christmas, you know, the home teams really have the the, the problem of trying to win because 
the team that are on the road, they've gotten everything just uh, taken care of and they're kind of just away from it all and the distraction. And your home teams, you, know, you got a little more home time and you got people want tickets and the Christmas and everything else. And uh, sometimes that gets in distraction. And so, but I think the ultimate thing is, like they say, you know, just as long as you win. But you're right. It's, you can't uh, it's count on riding these rails for that long a period of time without bumping their own someplace. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, um, some interesting news coming out just a second ago. Uh, the Packers have placed offensive lineman Ben Braden, uh, linebacker Tipa Naliai, wide receiver Amari Rogers, and linebacker Ty Summers on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, uh, no huge names there and also no big surprise given what we've seen over the course of the last few weeks, Pat, as, as, as COVID has really made a resurgence, it seems, in the world of sports. But uh, the NFL keeps finding a way to get through, but this could be the start of something bigger. We hope not, with, with four players landing on the COVID-19 list, uh, three of which saw significant time in Saturday's game. Uh, it just makes you wonder, man, what, what, is, what does the next couple of weeks hold given COVID and not only the NFL but really all over sports? Yeah, I'd be, be shocked if they don't try to figure something out here. We don't know whether or not they, these guys that are off – have been vaccinated, whether they've had the booster shots, and whether or not there's the symptomatic, because it's Omicron, it seems to be kind of a, a weaker strain, so to speak. And uh, and I think that, uh, that there's just almost like a flu-like symptoms. And, mm-hmm. and I, there's not been anything that I've seen that said real seriousness coming out of that, certainly not with the guys this age or conditioning or whatever. And I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL is working very, very hard to try to get some kind of protocol that uh, is an Omicron-directed, and if, in fact, that's the variant, then uh, it's going to spread, but it doesn't have the consequences that the others do. And so there's just going to be too much at risk here for them not to be looking at something. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, so to speak. And uh, certainly it's seen it's reared its head at Wisconsin with the women's basketball and, and some of the players and things like this on the other teams. So uh, it's, it's, it's spreading, but it's not as virulent as it seems to be. And I think that that's probably what they're going to start looking at in terms of taking all the precautions that are necessary, but they may not be as severe as, uh, as what they've what we've had in the past and that's just uh, like i say that's just the nfl doing their work so to speak yeah no doubt about it but we'll certainly keep an eye on that and you can keep it locked here to 100.5 espn give you updates all week long leading up to sunday night's game between green bay and uh, the minnesota vikings who got the better of the packers just about a month and a half ago but uh, that's certainly something you can't ignore. As, as sick of it as we all are, right, Pat? I mean, uh, COVID's still very real and, and now uh, making another impact uh, in the National Football League. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, they are joining uh, those players I listed again, Ben Braden, T. Penalii, Amari Rogers, Ty Summers, and then a practice squad member, R.J. McIntosh, joining the already, the already on the COVID-19 list, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kevin King, Shamar Jean Charles, Ladarius Hamilton and Chauncey Rivers. So now up to 10 players on the COVID-19 list for the Packers. And, you know, as you said, Pat, right, I mean, the NFL's not really going to cancel games. They might move them around. But it just, uh, it's certainly never, I want to phrase this correctly because, you you know, it's an interesting subject, but you never want to see players go down and, 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 you know, 
games get put into jeopardy due to something like this. But as we get closer to the playoffs and cases seemingly continue to rise, it just makes you wonder what, what, what the move would be for the NFL if, if they do want to cancel or, or reschedule. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just more. This is one situation. I think with this, uh, the nature of the game and the money involved and everything else and the salaries, that you know, you don't have to just say, "Hey, we need to get your you get your shot and whatever." I mean, there may be some that have not, but it seems to me that anybody getting a, a testing positive now that hasn't had a shot is probably very very small numbers. And what that what this is is, is close contact. Is it is it what symptoms are? I mean, we've not really talked about or heard much anybody talk about the fact that there are some real serious symptoms and uh, and, and severe uh, illnesses and things like this. And so that's which makes you think that there there's something else here going on. And I would guess that there's something from the medical standpoint that is going that this this uh, this variant. Mm-hmm. Is so fast spreading that maybe it's weaker than that. I don't know, but uh, there's just you're not getting a lot of information out of uh, the NFL because it's the way it is. And there's also HIPAA laws they call that uh, you can't really say much about anybody unless they want to divulge it themselves. But there just seems to be so many more uh, cases that are popping up that it just seems to me that the numbers of the percentages of unvaccinated people is lower than this number and therefore it's it's a, even if you've had a first shot or a second shot or a booster shot there's some something with this omicron probably that uh, causes you to test positive but not have severe uh, consequences this is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. Alex Strofin for Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter talking all things football, but I want to get back to the actual football rather than uh, the not-so-fun stuff going on in the NFL, Pat. Uh, we mentioned the win just a bit ago. This team, they're wavy, but they still have the best record in the league and still atop the NFC with uh, two divisional opponents on deck to end up the season. Sunday Night Football at Lambeau Field this week against the Minnesota Vikings and finishing out on the 9th of January uh, at the Detroit Lions. The Packers go 2-0. and They get the, the one seed for the second straight year. How much does that help their chances, Pat, if they are able to lock up that number one seed? Well, I think it helps a lot. I think certainly uh, you just show with the, well, the, the testing and things like this, is a, a week helps. Two weeks is even better. Uh, Aaron said uh, just after the postseason or postgame about his toe. His toe was feeling really good, and it got stepped on. So, and that was just in a regular week or even a day shortly week. And so, those types of uh, gaps in there and, and body situation is going to be helpful. And certainly, with all Omicron or whatever the COVID nineteen uh, is testing positive, get past that a little bit as well. But I think at this point in the season, especially this is the first year we've had 17 games, and it's extended mm-hmm. the season uh, for that purpose. And and so now these teams are coming around. Most of them are playing their you know, 16th game and then the 17th next week. And so any time that they can get off is going to be a helpful time. And it's, it's, it's distracting, like I say, with the Christmas and New Year's and things like this. It's really kind of distractions are paramount to just keep it keep it low to keep and play the game you're capable of playing. The Vikings have always been the one, as far as I'm concerned, that just 
there's something about that game that just makes it a lot more more of an interesting game and closer game than it should, it should be. And and they uh, they've been taking it on the chin a little bit here lately. And yet uh, it, it's just it happens. And so hopefully that won't happen at Lambeau and they'll be outside and they won't uh, like the cold weather. But I think the main thing, the side story here for me, is is what Aaron said after the game, and uh, and he really was very positive in that sense, and it almost uh, it made surprise everybody, and a lot of them didn't run with it so much. But you know, it looks like uh, you, know, you say, well, if you can't, you can finish higher than the, the Packers did this year. Go ahead and give it a try, and, and so there's not a lot of opportunity to sell yourself and whatever and say, well, you need me and whatever when when the Spitz probably got, teams have got their quarterbacks and whatever. And he just seems to really enjoy what's going on now. And so something is, is going on. There's much more inter- inclusion and things like this that's helping uh, steer this straight. But I think the Gutekunst thing is, is kind of not necessarily behind us totally. But I think that the more important thing is the fact that for a Packer fan, it may not happen this year, whatever, but it looks like the chances of having Aaron Rodgers around a longer period of time is much better now than it was when it first started the season. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that, Pat. You know, we, we talk a lot about the concessions that Aaron Rodgers asked to be made uh, back in July and August, and it seems like those have happened. He's been in the conversations uh, for going out and acquiring players. He's been, you know, we, we look at a guy like Randall Cobb, who we had a big hand in acquiring, who had a big start to the year before he went down with an injury. So it, it seems like it's better, but we don't know that it's behind us. I think that's well said. Last thing on the Packers, Pat, is a pretty simple question. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP award last year. It's been about a, a dozen years since a player won back-to-back MVP awards. Do you think he'll do it? Because he seems to be the front runner through 16 weeks. Well, I think you certainly would have to say he is because look what's happened in all the things that surrounds us. I mean, all the consternation in the beginning of the season, the question marks by the media and saying, oh, what's going to happen to the Packers and whatever, and uh, the fact that they've uh, done well. He's playing with a broken toe. Uh, his, 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 uh, and his interception and, and the touchdown ratios are just off the charts. When they showed that with uh, the other night with Favre, you know, the, the comparisons, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's just the average. I mean, I think Brett was averaging almost one a game in his whole career, and uh, Aaron is not even about probably about a fifth of that or so. And so the things that he's done, the way he's played, the way he's kept them in the game, the one game that they did lose, he wasn't there, the Chiefs, and they probably could have won that game. Right. And so uh, I think that he's uh, all all inclusive, everything in. I think he's got a, certainly a great shot at it and probably is more deserving than anybody, especially if they finish the top. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just a quick stat to show how lucky Packers fans are. Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions in 36 attempts on Saturday. Aaron Rodgers has thrown four interceptions in his last 501 attempts, Pat. So uh, that tells you how lucky and how good Green Bay Packers fans have it with Aaron Rodgers at the helm as he uh, guns for his second straight MVP title. We've got to talk a little bit more about COVID as a some news coming out of Las Vegas regarding the Wisconsin Badgers getting ready to play in the Las Vegas Bowl on Thursday. We'll touch on that next. It's the Pat Richter Show here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. 
We're on the Packers. Jordan Love might be starting his career in the most disadvantageous circumstances that I've ever seen. Because we're on Wisconsin sports. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe in for Jim Rutledge today. Alongside the former Wisconsin Athletic Director, Pat Richter, godfather of Wisconsin Athletics. And we're going to dive into some Badgers talk here on the Pat Richter Show as the football team gearing up for their bowl game on Thursday, the Las Vegas Bowl, they'll take on the Herm Edwards-led Arizona State Sun Devils, assuming that game happens. Some updates now just in the last half an hour from Jeff Patrikas, uh, the beat reporter on the Wisconsin beat uh, for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, tweeted that running back coach Gary Brown is not in Las Vegas, and he might not make it for the bowl game health-related. Fullback John Chanel is not there. Defensive end Matt Henningsen is not there, but scheduled to arrive before the game. And center Joe Tittman and right tackle Logan Bruss are both injured and not in Las Vegas. So uh, a couple of notes there regarding the Las Vegas Bowl. It doesn't sound like too many health and safety protocols ish- issues, uh, but certainly uh, certainly not ideal when your running backs coach is not there just a couple days before the game, Pat. Well, at least you got a little bit of notice anyway. Right. And uh, sometimes these things happen the day of and whatever, and you really got to hustle and try to make make do. But uh, the fact that he's not going to be there, I think they'll, they'll be able to shift things around a little bit and uh, somebody will be there to uh, maybe take Ron Dane out there or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just – you have to be ready to be nimble and just got to be very much uh, ready to do just about anything in terms of preparation for a game. And, and I think that this is, we're in just new territory here. And uh, the fact that there's a little bit of buzz around us a couple of days ahead of time means that there's probably more around the corner. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some last minute uh, situations. And, uh, you know, you, you, we never thought of having to be, tested almost by every day in terms of what's going on in terms of uh, uh, athletics and things like this I mean I, I, when you got talk about nil name image likeness pretty soon we're going to see guys starting to advertise for medical uh, treatment and things like this because there's so doggone much going on with it has to do with doctors and things like that but uh, hopefully they'll get the game off and uh, I think that this is one of those times when you Maybe the New Year's Day Bowls are the ones that are going to be a little bit more uh, uh, at risk in terms of whether they can get them through or not. But you just wonder if everybody's playing off the same page in terms of the way that they're treating and way their treatment and way that they're announcing that and way they're declaring everything. And and that's a question that you have too in terms of uh, are, is everybody safe and and uh, following the same protocols, but you just don't have any idea whether that's true or not. 
I love that you made a Ron Dane reference, Pat, because you weren't that far off. Uh, this guy didn't win a Heisman Trophy, but the Badgers, according to Jeff Petrikas, have brought in former running back Garrett Groshek as a temporary hire to coach the running backs. As you may have heard, about a month ago, Garrett Groshek signed with the Vikings of Minnesota Vikings practice squad. No longer with them, so UW thought, hey, we'll give Groshek a call, fly him out to Vegas. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on that, the initial reaction, Pat? Well, there's a few guys available, you know, Ron and Monte Ball and think people like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. It's just I think mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago about uh, Ron working with uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor in, back in college because he was fumbling so much because he had a sprinter's arm motion. And now when you see some of the close-ups and him breaking through the line and uh, and busting tackles and whatever, he does have that ball up kind of over his chest and, and more or less in a little bit almost vertical situation. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was Ron was right on target with it. I didn't realize he'd done that, but now he's doing the same thing with Braylon because Braylon uh, runs, he's, he's taller, he's taller than Ron was, and he's, he's, uh, he's got to make himself a little, bit, a little bit smaller, a little bit more to the ground. And and also carry the ball a little bit differently. If you carry it high and running high, you're going to be coughing it up a number of times. But uh, he's probably got a stronger grip than any of us could possibly imagine. As he's uh, that strong, when you when you when you squat, what he's doing, uh, you know, something's not going to slip through your grip as, as easy as it might be for somebody else like our us, you know. And uh, so I I think that. Uh, you know the fact that Garrett's there. I think I, what I'd like about Groshek, Groshek was also a a really good team player and a tough guy. I mean, I seen me he played with a passion, and uh, and he was probably overlooked in many cases. But he got some really tough yardage occasionally, and he was just a good all-around back. And I think that's the kind of thing somebody to talk to and somebody that's run it, somebody that's been there before. I think is very helpful. Well, I, I, I find that interesting. I didn't know that note about Ron Dane working with Jonathan Taylor when he was here. But is that something you see at a lot of schools, or is that really something so special about Wisconsin, kind of the brotherhood for that football team where these guys can come back and, and pick right up uh, with, with these guys that might be you know generations younger than them but still work and, and help one another? Well, I think it is a little bit uh, like the kind of running back you. It's just like it was right. with Lyman years ago. And the uh, same situation with regards to the running back. I mean, you go back a long ways with, uh, with, with Moss and Fletcher and on and on and on. And uh, and I, if you hadn't heard that, uh, we'll bore the, some of the people in the audience who heard it the last time. But, but yeah, Ron was, I had not known that. And Ron t- said that he did because with Jonathan Taylor was being, he was a sprinter in high school and he was even tr- thinking about sprinting as a track team at UW. He may have even done that a little bit, but that motion is a, is a kind of a straight line motion as you see sprinters running, and it's much different than the running back motion because the running motion has got his arms more or less almost a little bit across the body and holding the point of the ball vertically almost, and you see that, and more and more somebody must have come up with a little bit of a technique that says this is the best way to do it. I mean, I'm sure... Ron probably picked it up from somebody if they told him about it. And uh, now he's doing that with with Braylon and also the fact that I just mentioned with regards to uh, because he's taller, he's 6'2". Mm-hmm. And, if, and if he doesn't hold that ball close to the chest, 
being that big a guy, you're going to take some real shots up high, and it's going to be hard to hang on the ball. So he uh, he's, he's worked with him a little bit as well, and uh, makes makes a lot of sense, and it's uh, had an impact on him. This is the Pat Richter Show on ESPN Madison. Alex Struff alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. And Pat, you know, it's, it is bowl season and we do intend to have a game to see, uh, you know, Wisconsin and Coach Chris go against kind of an icon in, in Herm Edwards who's leaving Arizona State in, in a great city like Las Vegas. Even though it's not one of the top bowls, maybe not one of the bowls you gun for every year, Still an exciting opportunity uh, to to get those six wins and get into a bowl game, right? It really is. I just caught part of the Western Michigan game today. I was interested in looking at that because uh, we did a search there for the athletic director, and and they were playing Nevada, and uh, it was the Motor City Bowl. And uh, ironically, that's a game that you can, as an administration, you can make more money at because you don't have the big costs and travel costs sure. and things like this. And if you get a certain amount of money for bowl pay, especially like in Western Michigan's case, I mean, it's just a bus drive. And so uh, uh, it, it was, but just still the passion, the interest, and the excitement and enthusiasm of the game and the coaches, you know, they're still intense, wanting to win that game. And, uh, you know, when you see it all around with regards to, uh, Army winning their game, bowl game, and the, the excitement, enthusiasm, still a real value there. And in Wisconsin's case, and especially with some of the news you just mentioned now, it's going to be very important because uh, this is when you get a chance to work some of the younger kids. And uh, the extra practices are invaluable. That's really the best, from the, from, from a program standpoint, that's really the best uh, outcome that you can have is for the the team to have extra practices and uh, tell the the, uh, the uh, experienced guys who don't really need all the practice get rest up, get yourself healthy, and then uh, let the younger guys uh, show what they can do now. Well, you mentioned resting up, right? We saw Braylon Allen, the freshman star running back for Wisconsin, get banged up towards the end of the year, but he's had plenty of time to heal that ankle up, and he, it sounds like he will be a go uh, for Thursday's Las Vegas Bowl under running backs coach Garrett Groshek, potentially. Very interesting uh, stuff coming out of Vegas. But, Pat, if I had one message for the Badgers going into this one, it is simply... You play to win the game. Little Herm Edwards for you uh, from way back when. But the Las Vegas Bowl coming up on Thursday in Las Vegas as the Badgers take on Arizona State. We will take a look at some of the sounds of the week, which include some Green Bay Packers and maybe one of the more interesting questions I've ever heard at a press conference. That's all next. It's the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. We're on the Packers. The pressure on Aaron Rodgers is still at the max level. Because we're on Wisconsin sports. And the only way you're going to race that is by going to the Super Bowl. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. The Pat Richter Show, a special Monday edition of the Pat Richter Show here on ESPN Madison. Alex Strofe in for Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Time now to play some Sounds of the Week. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. 
Each week we play, Pat, a couple of selected sounds from different press conferences, interviews that happen over the course of the last couple of days. And typically I, I spend this segment going through a couple of the quotes from Green Bay Packers following their game, and we will get there, Pat. But I actually want to start out in New England as Bill Belichick was asked a very interesting question after a big divisional loss to the Buffalo Bills yesterday. Take a listen. Hi, um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay. Not right now. Not right now. I mean, not right now, not never. Yeah, right. I mean, Bill Belichick is probably the last guy you asked that question to. But I almost appreciate that, right? I mean, it's such a different question. Um, and, you know, what if he would have given a football answer, right, Pat? Like, what if he would have said, well, we need to defend. Uh, I would like to defend the pass better in 2022. Yeah, yeah. you know, that, that would be in every uh, every article about the game then. So. Sure, first things first. How about winning next week, to put it that way, starting off the year with a victory. Right. And I was. it was interesting, just as an aside to Belichick, I watched the end of that game, and uh, and I was just curious as to what interactions he would have after the game, and I didn't see the coach with the opposing coach, but it is him with Josh Allen kind of taking him aside and just taking something, which is really impressive in terms of uh, obviously a uh, great coach, great quarterback coach, and him for him to kind of say something special to Josh Allen I think was uh, important because he had a great game. and. Uh, and so I think that he's, uh, he's an interesting guy. And I uh, mentioned before on the air that I had gotten a letter in high school from his father and didn't realize uh, it was Steve Belichick and yeah. didn't realize it for many years. I think, why does that name ring a bell? Then finally I realized what it was. He's an old coach's son. So he coaches, uh, he coached at Navy. He was a very, very successful coach. So you got recruited to Navy by Bill's father? Did I get that correct? Well, sure. I, I just go around telling people I got recruited by Belichick. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Let Doesn't matter which one, out. right? Age doesn't work very good, but yes, he was a well-renowned coachman, and uh, and I, but the name Belichick kind of stuck in me and thinking for and it took a while, but yeah. I said, "Well, talk on it." He said, "It's a coach's son, sure." Interesting. I haven't heard that one from you before. That's a good one. Um, you've got all sorts of stories, Pat. I love it. Uh, let's move on to Matt Lafleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they almost took a bad loss, similar to Bill Belichick, but they were able to sneak it out. Matt Lafleur, after the two-point win, never apologize for winning in this league. And I know it wasn't the prettiest of victories, but ultimately we did enough as a team to to win. Uh, a lot to learn from, and really in all three phases, and us as coaches as well. Pat, you've played you played in the league. You were obviously an athletic director at a very prestigious Division One university. I think he nailed it right on the head, right out of the gates, right? You never apologize for a win, but obviously there's things to improve on. Well, that's that's the public uh, perception, and that's what he says to the public. But believe me, he's chewing a lot of butt you know, in the meetings. When it, oh, I bet. Making some of those tackles, and a faux tackle, I think they call it, because they just kind of give it a, kind of a goodbye and wave arms at him and things like this. You know, those are things you can't correct. And that, that was kind of the way that uh, Lombardi operated. I think he always talked about the fact that uh, you know, winning was important. 
but b- behind the scenes, he would chew us out more on, on a game that we uh, that we won than when we lost because he knew your mind was saying, "Well, hell, we 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 still won the game. That's the most important thing." But he realized that, yeah, you you won that game, but the next one you might make the same mistakes and it'll cost you the game. And so he was going to make sure that he got your attention and uh, and, and got to dismiss that out of your mind that, you know, it's, it's great. Yes, it's important, but you're still going to get, you know, making sure that you didn't make that mistake the next time because it could cost you a game. And so that's, I think, he's getting at, which is, I think, a good sign because that's what a real good coach is going to do. You know, he's, he's going to talk about that, but believe me, you know, whether it's the special teams or whether it's uh, the defensive backs and tackling, getting through the line of scrimmage, uh, all those things he's going to be really right on, right in their grill in terms of uh, telling them, making sure, not making the mistakes and making sure they understand that if they make those kind of mistakes on a continuous basis, you're not going to be playing football for the Packers. No doubt about it. And, and Pat, do you think there's a... Is, is there a difference, right, because you say that's the public perception. So you're essentially calling that coach speak, but there, there is some truth to that too, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, th- this game is too fragile in terms of, uh, you know, making a mistake and it costs you a game right. or playoffs and, and making sure that you get home field advantage and things like that. Don't care how you do it, just win it. And, uh, and I think that there's some things that are that go with that because you're, you're running, you're playing at a high level, you're winning a lot of games. The players, uh, you know, take that for not necessarily for granted, but you get really around a roll and you think you're kind of invincible, and that's, uh, that's the way you operate. And so, you know, that's, that's what he's talking about. And I think in terms of not so much. Uh, public perception but it's just you know telling the public yes it's important we we win and it's my responsibility to make sure that we don't make the mistakes that we did or an effort or whatever prepare the team better the next time so we don't have the same kind of issues that we have this game uh, coming out at the end of the game right al davis said it best right pat just win baby win, win just win baby it's been he he was a piece of work, I'll tell you what. <laughs> he sure was. He sure was. There's a documentary out there from ESPN, Al Davis versus the NFL. Um, well, he, he drove Pete Rozelle nuts. I mean, I didn't know we were we were negotiating in 1970, and uh, we were in New York City, and Rozelle was acting as kind of the moderator of this meeting. And the fact was he was, we offered to pay half his salary if so he would be the commissioner for everybody. Well, no, no, no. They, they'll take care of that. So they didn't want to let him be any beholden to the Players Association. But then we were kind of at loggerheads a little bit. And uh, one day, who shows up but Al Davis and uh, kind of walks in the room. He says, "We got to get this together. We got to get this deal made." He said, "Let's let's uh, let's get together here and I'll make a deal." And, and you know that wasn't what the owners wanted to hear. We, the players kind of smiled, but. Uh, you know the owners are playing a tough guy, and and he he never I don't think lost a lawsuit when he and he took on the NFL a number of times from different lawsuits, and he never lost. And he was uh, he was an interesting guy, no question about it. Very successful, but definitely a thorn in the side of Roselle's uh, side, right? I mean, there's no, no doubt about that. I mean, That's well documented. He he was his antithesis. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fantastic. One more sound of the week for you, Pat. This one from the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. He broke Brett Favre's touchdown record, passing touchdown record for the most touchdown passes in Packers franchise history. At Lambeau Field on Saturday, Rodgers after breaking the record. Yeah, man, the emotions just kind of hit me and, and the gratitude for such a long career and to be a part of uh, history like that for this franchise is you know, just something that I'm really proud of and, and extremely grateful for. Pat, you know, I, I watched that game, and I, I see Aaron Rodgers break the record, and, and it's just incredible to me because I remember back when Favre threw his last touchdown pass for the Packers, and, you know, he had that record for a long time, and he got it to a point where you just never thought it would be broken. Little did we know, you know, 14 years later or so, it's being broken again by, by his – the guy that follows him and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we talk about it often, how crazy it is to have two back-to-back Hall of Famer, top 10 all-time quarterbacks uh, like the Green Bay Packers have. But to see how efficient Aaron Rodgers has been and his way to this record, it just it just really tells you how special it is. Well, it really is. And, and uh, you know, it, it would be interesting because they, they do so much with statistics nowadays. It's just about anything you can – because they got these chips and the jerseys and all that kind of business, and and uh, it would be interesting to see how many of those 200, I don't know, was it 289 or 269 interceptions that Brett had, right. how many of those were in the red zone? And they're going for a touchdown, trying to thread a needle for a touchdown. He might have had, I mean, if he had the same kind of uh, uh, interception rate that Aaron had, he might have had another 50, 60 touchdowns. You never know, but. Uh, he was uh, he was fun to watch, and I think that was people uh, you know love him and, and hate him and whatever. But it was just you know it was it was fun to watch because he put so much energy in it. And he was just like a little kid when anything good happened, he'd run down the length of the field and things like that. And I think that's what uh, why he's so beloved with the people. I mean, it was just uh, kind of the modern era of the success that uh, Bart Starr had. It was kind of replicated by Favre and continued on with Rodgers. This is the Pat Richter Show on ESPN Madison. He's former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. I'm Alex Strofe. This is the final edition of the Pat Richter Show in 2021. So we'll recap a little bit of what happened in 2021 where there were some big moments, Pat, a couple of championships and some other fun moments. So we'll dive into some of those next. It's the Pat Richter Show. Alabama Cincinnati in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Followed by Michigan, Georgia in the Capital One Orange Bowl. The College Football Playoff. Coverage begins at 2.30 Eastern New Year's Eve on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Special Monday edition of the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. The final edition of the Pat Richter Show in 2021 as we are just a couple of days away from the new year. Another year in the books, Pat, and it was a pretty good one to the state of Wisconsin. A couple of titles both at the University of Wisconsin and of course the Milwaukee Bucks winning their first championship in uh in 50 years or so so uh pretty good athletic year for the state of Wisconsin in 2021 Pat really was and it's amazing how many years 
when you have something like this happen, that it, it just kind of perpetuates uh, the whole theory that uh, when one team is good, that kind of, for whatever reason, it just makes the other team play a little harder and different sports. And with the Bucks do well, Brewers doing well, the Packers doing well, Badgers and volleyball and some of the other sports. And uh, it happens a lot. And it's just, uh, you know, they kind of feed off each other. And uh, and uh, I think that uh, just shows that the, some really good things that are happening around the state. And certainly I think that the uh, volleyball team, what they did really uh, kicked it, things off pretty big in terms of uh, the recognition of the state of Wisconsin, the university, and everything else. Because if these things, you have like one point two million people watching, and and sticking it out. I mean, I, I just say to many people, I said nobody would have thought that they were going to spend three, a couple of days with three hours each day watching volleyball and the success of the Badgers. It just doesn't, you just don't think it's going to happen like that. And uh, I think that it's not, it's not the kind of. Uh, you can't buy this kind of publicity and this advertising and things like this. And so everybody's done their job and and everybody will recognize when it happened because this is a pandemic year and all the things that have happened, you'll, you'll know where you were when this happened. Let's put it that way. It's just one of those events of the sisters of the year in terms of the success when it's going to be something on the top of your mind, just because of all the turmoil everybody's gone through the whole year. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you re- you referenced something there, Pat, that that got me intrigued. And you said, you know, when somebody does so well, obviously it motivates the other athletes in the state. But I want to talk particularly at the at the University of Wisconsin. You know, seeing the volleyball team win the national championship like they did last week, what does that do to the other athletes? Like, let's say, for example, the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team, other teams, the wrestling team competing in the winter. Does, does it really just bring the expectation up a notch seeing a national championship come uh, to the facilities? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. I think when you look at uh, the number of fans that they have in the field house, I mean, people don't uh, have, there's not a lot of sports that are in there, you know, wrestling and uh, volleyball and and so things like that, and so you don't have a lot of people in there all the time to see different events and see what happens when you get a full house. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, you see people waiting outside the the facility to get in and the buying tickets and things like this. It just goes to show that the people, you know, there's something attractive and, and it gets the attraction of the people. You know, when we were there, and volleyball was – I guess you know basketball was hopefully going to be a, a a a revenue generator, not a revenue you know covering sport. And the same thing with women's ice hockey, but it just never has happened. And uh, and even though the Mark Johnson done a terrific job and won a lot of things, you know the numbers are just uh, there's just so much interest you can generate. And uh, volleyball, for there's some reason, there's everybody's getting into it. I got a granddaughter, Danny. Son Barry played hockey at the UW, but his daughter is going to be playing volleyball and travel teams and things like this. And she's a little just in her teens, and uh, mm-hmm. and so that it's it's become a very glamorous sport in the sense of competitiveness, and especially in a time when there's an awful lot of emphasis on women in athletics and things like that. And this is a great sport for that. You know, it just it does. You know, kind of caution you a little bit in terms of saying, well, you you don't have to be six eight or six nine to play it, but it uh, does help. There's no question about that. But uh, it's 
it's feeding off it. But if you're another athlete around, you know, you'd like to see that kind of, of uh, attendance of your events, that kind of national interest, and uh, it does motivate you because now it used to be that you had the sports we're not all getting the same kind of support just because of the uh, the way that things were tiered at that time years ago. And now virtually every sport is fully funded and they're pretty much competitive in that respect. And so it's, we always figured that you just had to have the ability to be competitive, not just to compete, and that's an important distinction. You want to make sure that you've got enough resources and good coaches and good athletes to be uh, competitive and and being a chance there's going to be a chance that you can win any time and uh, and that uh, is much much different than uh, being a, having a chance to compete. You just always want to compete. You want to have a chance to win. That's for sure. Insight gets no better than when it comes from former Wisconsin athletic director Pat Richter. Pat, I hope you have a happy new year and looking forward to continuing our weekly conversations once we get into the new year. Thanks, Alex. Good to be with you. That's Pat Richter, the former Wisconsin athletic director, legend, NFL veteran. I just love picking his brain on everything, giving us insight on college athletics to professional athletics to even something he never had to face as an athletic director with COVID-19, but certainly to hear some of his approach and and opinions on how things are handled at at the uh, different levels. So certainly always appreciate his insight, and we'll continue to do that every week. If you missed any of today's show with Pat, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Pat Richter Show or head over to WisconsinOnDemand.com where you can find a full list of each episode we do with Pat Richter. That'll do it for the Pat Richter Show and me, Alex Schroff. We've got Scalzo and Bruss coming up next on 100.5 ESPN with your cousin subs of the day, Jim Rutledge and the Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton with you. Next on Scalzo and Bruss, this has been the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand.